Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker with me today via satellite. All patched up. Surgery went well. And uh, you're, you're good to go. You're, are you still day-to-day? I, I'm still day to day. Well, maybe more like week to week at this point. So, okay. yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a brand new metal plate that Justin just purchased for himself. It's yes. good to, uh, well, we are going to be breaking down three teams, just like we have been doing previously uh, before the draft. Uh, we kind of took a little little pause from that, and now we're going to continue with our last seven teams. We're going to do three today and four over the weekend. We have the Leafs, the Bruins, and the Predators. And obviously, now the draft is over. Uh, we know who these teams have taken with their first-round picks. Uh, the ones that had one, at least, actually, that's only the Leafs. So <laughs> uh, the Leafs' first-round pick, we know who that is. And uh, so let's just, uh, yeah, let, let's hop right in and let's talk about the Leafs. And um, I guess what they've done thus far, but also maybe what they still have yet to do, um, obviously, John Tavares signing with the Leafs is enormous. Biggest free agent signing maybe in the history of the league. Uh, I think I don't think that's an understatement. And uh, I I mean, at very least, it's like top three. I think you have Scott Niedermeyer going to Anaheim from New Jersey. But that was when he was like 32. So Tavares at 27, pretty crazy. Uh, but other than that, the Leafs still haven't addressed really any defensive uh, lapses that they had last year. They're still going in with the same crew uh, that we we saw last year. And so, as a as a Leafs fan, I will of course I have lots of lots of thoughts. But Justin, I'm going to give it to you first. Uh, what do the Leafs still need to do? What's out there for them to do to make this team uh, even better? Even though we know Tavares makes them better, but I think defensively, we all know that they still need to add something. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think they still need a little something on the back end to really solidify this team. I think, you know, one good top four defenseman would really make this team a legit Stanley Cup contender because, let's face it, with Tavares in the mix, he's going to make basically those top three lines just unbeatable as far as I'm concerned. They'll be probably the top three best lines, you know, in terms of when you compare other teams to teams. If you look at their top three lines, I think Toronto might might have the best of the bunch there now. Um, so, yeah, this is this is a team that's not going to lack for scoring. There's no doubt about that. So um, I think if they can solidify something on the back end to help keep pucks away from Mr. Anderson, I think that would be probably be key for them more than anything else this offseason. Yeah, and I, I guess the what I would be concerned about Frederick Anderson is uh, two years ago, Cam Talbot stood on his head. The Oilers did really well. And yet he faced, I think, I think that season he had faced the most shots in the league last year, Frederick Anderson faces the most shots in the league. Is he going to take a step back? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that he'll be in that same spot as Talbot. Uh, But it is interesting to know. I mean, it's to have the most work across the national hockey league, the following season, it's going to be hard to repeat that same performance if you're continually getting peppered and so i think that it's it's on the leafs to do something here uh with so much forward depth you would think that someone someone's got to be on the way out uh whether it whether it be even just it it, i don't necessarily think that they're going to go out and they're going to trade for a justin falk 
Uh, I don't know if that's really in the cards for them uh, because I don't think that they want to trade Kasperi Kapanen. But, I mean, Kasperi Kapanen, really, he's the guy. You look at him and you go, okay, I mean, what what better player to trade for a top four defenseman than a guy who looks like he has the potential to be I mean, I, I would put him in the same kind of category as like a, a Nyquist or a Tatar when they were younger and uh, and scoring their 20, 25 goals every year. And I, I think that that's what he looks like he'll become. And so that's a that's a valuable asset. Uh, and if they can acquire a top four forward or a top four defenseman with that and maybe a draft pick as well, I think that it would be worth it because and I just don't see how you can go in with Ron Hainsey being on that top defensive pairing again. No, I, I agree with you. And I think what it really boils down to um, in terms of maybe a long term, now that you have Tavares there for the next seven years is really looking at what Nylander and Marner and Matthews are going to cost you in terms of money. Because if, if you think you're going to get yourself in a situation where a couple of years from now, the Leafs won't be able to squeeze all those players in, in terms of, you know, cap space, is this the time now where you, take those guys that where their value is so high and say, Hey, do maybe we consider moving one of them or maybe do we try to move out? Um, you know, a guy, like you said, uh, Kasperi Kapanen and, and try to get something in return. Now keep in mind too, you know, the Leafs do have Jake Gardner coming off the books after this season. And I'm sure they'll try to keep him around and Ron's hate Ron Hainsey's 3 million is going to come off as well. So that'll, that'll help as well. But, um, yeah, you know, he's that, not, pro- he's not getting another contract like that. No, 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 not at all. Um, not at all. Now it, it is interesting to note that Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the lease was asked, you know, how, how can you fit there? Like, it almost seems like there's no way to Varys, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. How can you fit all four under the cap? And his exact quote, and all he said was, we can and we will. So uh, I'm sensing no problem (laughs) for the Leafs to re-sign those guys. Um, Another thought is, if there's one guy they could bring in uh, in free agency that that could be a good fit because they, uh, they do need... Someone maybe on that, uh, I mean, I guess at this point it doesn't really matter left or right, but I know Babcock does like his uh, guys to be on the proper side of the ice. I mean, you you do have like a Cody Franzen or a Kevin Bieksa who plays the right side uh, who could come in and, and fill that sixth defensive spot. And you also have Dan Hamhuse who can play the left side. So they do have some options. But that left side, I mean, Riley, Gardner, Dermott, I think that they're pretty set on using those guys on the left side. And Zaitsev and Carrick Hainsey is your other side. And it just seems like there needs to be some sort of adjustment there. But Yeah, and I, one name that pops out to me, and I think this, this guy has a little familiarity with Babcock already, is Orion Sprawl. He's a right-handed shooter. Um, the Red Wings decided to let him go. They did not qualify him. And he is a right-handed shooter who does have some offensive upside. And at 25 years old, I mean, you could sign this guy to almost a league minimum contract and bear no risk at all. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, if, if Babcock likes him, uh, that would be a that would be a good move. Um, they also, I, I guess, the other side of it is we we do need to look beyond their pro roster and go. Well, Timothy Lilligren was fantastic uh, in the Marlies Calder Cup run as they won the Calder Cup in seven games. And so a high probability that Lilligren 
he's a right-handed defenseman that he mm-hmm. ends up making that team. And whether it's Carrick or Hainsey, or I, I don't see Zaitsev not making it. But, I mean, it's probably going to be between Carrick and Hainsey and, uh, and Lilligren, and we'll see who gets those other two spots. Uh, but as far as the Leafs go, I mean, they're going to be really fun to watch. They're so fast. And uh, just remember this. Their third highest paid player right now. Do you know who it is? It's Can Nathan. I guess Nathan Horton? It's Nathan Horton. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're both looking at cap friendly. So. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously that is going to change very soon, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch this team and see what they can do. Okay, let's move on to the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Bruins look, uh, look like, I mean, the, I, I'd say the Bruins have maybe the best combination of veterans and youth coming through. They, they are built in a very unique way. Uh, not many teams with high quality forwards who can also play alongside these younger guys who are uh, just coming up. A, a combination of Bergeron and Pasternak is just so unique in the, in the way that they, they do things. But I think we are all seeing that there are some holes in their defense and everybody's wondering, is Chara, you know, when's he gonna, when's he gonna take his big step back? Will it happen? Adam McQuaid, he's he's thirty one. He's got one year left on his deal. I mean, maybe he has a a better year because he's playing for a contract. But this defense is the only thing that I look at and go, eh, okay, it's it's still very good, but it doesn't it doesn't really scare me. And when I look at Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak, I just wonder. It is that a goaltending combo that has the potential to really fall apart quick? Because we've seen Rask fall apart. We've seen Halak fall apart. But we've seen both of them be hot as none other. So are the Bruins prepped for kind of an up-and-down year? Or are they going to fill, you know, kind of figure to be in the top three of that Atlantic division again? What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think if, if there's any real question marks here, to me it's the defense again, much like the Maple Leafs. I think, um, you know, again, we look at Zdeno Char and we think, you know, this guy's over 40 years old. Is he going to slow down? And, and I, you know, I think a guy like Charlie McAvoy, he's still going to continue to grow. I think he's still looking good. Um, they made a good acquisition with John Moore. I think he'll do fine there with that team. And I, I like I like the contract money in terms of what he got per year. Uh, that's nothing that's going to hurt them long term. So uh, a good acquisition there. And I, like you said, I love their mix of youth and veteran guys. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of good young talent, especially up front with Danton Heinen, Ryan Donato, um, you know, Pasternak. We, we've certainly seen his name. Uh, guys like that are going to, you know, continue to grow. And I think produce for Boston. Uh, the big question mark for me right now, if anybody in that forward group, uh, I, I look at two two guys. Um, first off, uh, David Backus. Um, you know, I, I think now with a guy like Riley Nash gone, is he maybe going to slot back into a center position on that third line? Uh, he seems to be slowing down a little bit. Um, you know, and then again, too, uh, some of their other guys like Brad Marchand and, uh, you know, Patisse Bergeron, as hot as that line was, I, I'm kind of curious to see if they can continue keep that up or if they're going to take a, a little step back. Yeah. Can year. they do that again? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, I, I, I'm tend to think that they can, uh, but you, you also have to figure teams are 
they've they've seen it now, right? Like everything mm-hmm. can change once a team has seen it, and now they can pick holes into it. And uh, and I mean, Tampa Bay, they they figured out a way to uh, to su- suppress that line, but I mean, it was Tampa Bay, so. In the regular season, this team is still going to roll because of that line. I mean, that line is still going to oh, dominate absolutely. because in the regular season, you can take advantage of some w- weaker teams and your matchups. And I expect them to have a, a very good home record again. And uh, of course, be in the playoffs. And I, I mean, especially even if this team doesn't add anyone else, they're still a contender for the Stanley Cup. Sure. Uh, absolutely. You know, given the right, the right scenario, of course, any team can lose in the first round, but. Oh, you know, as we saw, any team can go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, uh, the Bruins, though, to me, it's it's probably going to come via trade because signing John Moore, of course, you're, you mentioned it is uh, that's a good addition to their blue line. But maybe they look to trade now on Adam McQuaid or uh, you know and try to try to change that up a little bit. And they got to figure out what to do with life after Chara. So that's uh, that's something that'll surely be popping up. I'm wondering, you know, is at this point, he just keeps signing one year deals, but I mean, is he, when, when is he going to really look slow? Because in the playoffs against the Leafs, there were times when you're like, Ooh, he doesn't look very good (laughs) right now because they're targeting him in a, in a certain way. Uh, Do teams start to do that? Uh, Which, which could really hurt him uh, if they're able to take advantage of the fact that he's not that fast. No, absolutely. And I think this is going to be uh, a situation where you're going to see his minutes continually reduce as the year goes on. Um, you know, I think you're going to see Charlie McAvoy again continue to get the bulk of the minutes for the squad. And, and Tori and, Krug, of course. Yeah, of course. And, and that's actually one name, too, that I, I've heard pop out there. And I'm not, not really sure if there's any validity to it. But I think if anybody on that back end, they could maybe move to, to bring in another piece um, up front. You know, because, again... You look at a guy like David Krejci and David Backus who are getting a little bit older, a little bit slower. Um, you know, I think if the young guys don't continue to grow, I think Tory Krug is a name that, that I would keep an eye on moving forward that they might consider moving uh, to maybe bring some depth depth up front for that, that forward group. I will respectfully disagree with you. They're insane if they trade Tory Krug because he is <laughs> the real deal. And uh, you don't I, – I would, I would put Tory Krug in the same – category as john carlson i wow, think he's okay. that good and i think that he i mean he's very good offensively he's good on the power play given the right situation i mean he is a guy that will make eight million dollars eight and a half million when when his time comes in two years and so uh, i don't think he's a guy that you can just deal just to add some help up front i mean he would be and, and plus, with losing eventually losing Chara, he's a guy you're going to want to keep back there uh, because him and McAvoy together, there's your your anchors on your top four, and you can kind of fill it in from there. So I, I don't think that they look to trade him at all. I think that next year, next summer, they'll sign him to a good extension and call it a day, unless he has a really backwards type of season. Uh, well, let, let's. Uh, yeah, are are you satisfied with your your Bruins coverage? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. I don't really think there's much more to uh, to discuss, except I expect at some point there's going to be a large large number of games. I think maybe a solid dozen where you're going to see Rask and Halak both struggle at the same time, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 go from there. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The goaltending is goaltending could be really good or really bad. 
Uh, okay, let's let's move on to the Nashville Predators, who I actually want to start by talking about their goaltending. Uh, they're in a little bit different of a situation because Pekka Rinne just turns 35. He's got one year left on his deal, where Juicy Saros is uh, 23. He's an RFA. They have to re-sign him. I can't imagine it'll be too difficult to, to get him signed. But uh, this team and their goal, Ted, they really have relied on Pekka Rinne. I mean, last year he was fantastic. Uh, and so... Can Rene do it again? Uh, I don't think he needs to have a Vesna type of season again for the Predators to be really, really good. Uh, but you just wonder, all right, is, is Saros going to fight him for that starting spot? Do they start to go, oh, maybe maybe Rene wasn't as, maybe it was the team that was so good in front of him that made him look really good. And maybe we don't have to spend 7 million on our goaltender anymore. And we can start to shuffle that money around. Uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I think this is definitely a situation where you're going to kind of look at uh, a guy like Roberto Luongo, I think where you look at him and you, you see why Florida brought in a James Reimer where they, they figure, Hey, we're going to start to relieve some of the pressure, take some games away from him. So he's not so worked up come playoff time. We can really work him, uh, you know, really work him in the lineup then. Um, and I think the same for Rene, I think you're going to see, uh, his, his number of games go down a little bit. And I think you're going to see UC Saros get, you know, maybe 35, maybe even close to 40 games in this year. Um, because again, I think they, they still think Rene is a, a reliable number one, just coming off of Vesna candidate type season. And, uh, you know, he's really gonna, I, I, I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year, but I still think he's got plenty left in the tank for a few more years while they slowly pass the torch per se to Saros. Yeah. But on the other side of 35, you always have to think, I mean, is he going to, he might get a two year deal, maybe a three year deal, but that's a, the max. Um, but not seven million. I, I don't. No, think no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm with there. I'm, but I'm let's say yeah. he wins the Vesna again, or you know, or or something close to the season that he had this year, and he goes, "I just had two world-beating seasons. Uh, you're going to pay me more. I want ten million for the next two years." <laughs> someone would pay him. I, I really think someone might pay him. You know. Eight, no, I eight, I don't nine, disagree with you. I, I, I think Lou Lamorello would definitely give him the money because I, I think hey. Robin Leonard's going to go out and bomb this year. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know, the other very uh, interesting, the, the only guy on Nashville that isn't locked up for the next 25 years is Ryan Ellis. And yeah. Ryan Ellis is phenomenal. Uh, he makes up, he he's kind of the, Oh yeah, Ryan Ellis, the fourth guy in there. You know, you talk Subban and Yossi and Ekholm, and then oh yeah, Ellis. Except for Ellis would be a number one defenseman on twenty five, twenty two teams. He'd be the top defenseman, and he's their three four guy, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's I... he's making two and a half million this year. Where's his what? What do you think his number is when he has to go and resign? Because they can re-sign well, him right okay. now, right, to an extension. Yeah, they can. And I think it, I think Nashville would like to get him in between five and a half to six and a half million. <laughs> However, I'm sure they would love that. Although yes, they did how, get Yossi to, I think they got Yossi destroyed, and then they had him sign his contract mid night out drinking. 
<laughs> See, that's the thing. I, I think they look at a guy like Roman Yossi and they think, okay, we're going to have to pay eight plus million dollars for this guy. Um, what is Ryan Ellsworth? And at that point, I think he's an easy $7 million man if he hits free agency. And honestly, I, I think he probably will. I, I don't think he fits in. I, well, I shouldn't say he doesn't fit in, but I don't think money-wise he fits into Nashville's thinking and long-term future. Interesting. So you don't think that they're going to resign? You think they're going to trade him? I, I think at some point that probably will come up because I just I don't think the money that he's earned over the last few years and the money he deserves, I don't think that's going to fall in line with what Nashville feels they need to get. Because, again, this is why I think a lot of times you hear rumors of P.K. Subban possibly getting traded because his cap hit is so high to where it's going to kind of hinder what— Yeah, but it's know, not that high compared to other guys who are—I mean— Subban was a, a Norris candidate, and so no, I mean, not at all. Nine million dollars is, I mean, especially when you're considering percentage of the cap, it's it's very, it's not as significant as it once was. So, I mean, he if Ellis is signed for, let's let's say Ellis signs for a very similar deal that Carlson signs for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't have Subban, Yossi, and well, Eckholm's signed three two three seven five for the next four years. Which is dumb. Uh, he needs a new agent, and so does Yossi at four million. But Yossi will come up in two years, uh, but he'll be thirty, whereas Ellis will be twenty-eight. So I, sure. I, I don't see a situation where they don't sign Ellis. Hey, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that Nashville would be dumb to let him walk. Um, but to me, I, I just think at seven and a half, eight million dollars, where he'll probably land in uh, to go be a number one on someone else's team, because I, I think a guy like that probably thinks, hey, you know what? Um, you know, a team like, oh, I can't even think of Toronto. anybody off the top of my head. Yeah, maybe Toronto. I mean, hey, they might they might give him that kind of money or, you know, might give him the opportunity to play those types of minutes that he, he probably deserves. Born in Hamilton, Ontario. There you go. You could come home and be with Johnny T. <laughs> They're the same age. They probably played somewhere together against each other, maybe. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's just, it'll be interesting because, you know, we... We were talking about coming in Dowdy and Ekholm, or uh, Dowdy and uh, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, and now both those guys are locked up. Carlston's still out there, but I mean, Ellis, we hasn't gotten any play, and I think that it's just because it's Nashville. Everyone just assumes uh, Nashville always takes care of their guys, and everyone just resigns in Nashville. It hasn't been since. Uh, since Ryan Suter left via free agency that like really a significant player left the team. And so I think we just assume that Nashville will re-sign him. But I, I, I think it's very interesting to think, you know, what if Ryan Ellis were to go to free agency or what if he's not re-signed come close to the trade deadline? Do you have to recoup some assets or do you just go, it's fine. If we can't sign him, we're going to try to win the cup, right? Like I think they're yeah. at that place where they have to try to win the cup, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so too. I don't. I don't think it's the same thing with Toronto last year. You, your your trade deadline acquisition is keeping your guy around. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You you just have to kind of go. Well, James Van Riem's like probably going to sign somewhere else, but that's fine because we think we have a shot to do something special. And uh, they didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh well. <laughs> well, yeah. So where do you? Okay. So question about Nashville. So Nashville has, you know, two years ago, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals as a, a lower seed, a wild card, and they shocked everyone. Last year, they catapult to the top of the standings. 
do we see a continual step forward because they did add tourists midway through the year and they haven't really done much free agency, but they don't really need to. Uh, does this team continue to move forward or do they maybe take a step back from where they were in terms of the regular season in order to be in a better place in the playoffs? So where, where do you see this team? No, I, I honestly see this team finishing one or two in that division again and still being a contender to, you know, make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think they're going to take a step back at all. I think, um, you know, you know, I think for for all the things you look at, say for instance, Winnipeg, right? They they made some moves to try to clear up cap space to re-sign Stasny, and that didn't work out. So maybe they take a, a little tiny step back. Although I I think they're going to still be right in the thick of things. Yeah, his line same thing is going to keep getting better and better. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think with Nashville, it's the same thing. You know, their their guys are still rock solid. Um, you know, I, I think hopefully Nashville, you know, will continue their younger guys. will will keep getting better and by younger guys. I mean, Philip Forsberg and, um, hopefully they figure out this Austin Watson situation here soon too, because once the regular season starts, that's going to become a little bit of a headache for them. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Going to have to figure out, uh, if they're going to let him play first off, but, uh, but beyond that, I guess exactly what happened in that situation. And, uh, you know, people won't be I mean, I, I've seen a lot of stuff about Slava Voinov coming back, and people already like don't they don't want their teams to sign him because of uh, of what he did. Despite, I mean, the the charges were dropped or whatever, you know, because the the woman didn't show up in court. And, right. And on the, on the one hand, you know, some some will say, well, that's because she just didn't want to go through with it because it was too painful, which is totally fair and and understandable. But on the other hand, you wonder maybe there's more to the story and that's why someone doesn't show up and they just don't want to share their side of the story. And so they'd rather let it end. I, I have no idea. I really, I, whatever happened, uh, obviously there, it was, there was things that happened that were wrong. Uh, but if the charges are dropped and he's allowed back into the country and he can help a team and he's sorry for whatever happened, then I think that it's, fair to to forgive somebody and to allow them back in and you know maybe he does some uh some sort of charity to kind of go i was wrong and i'm going to you know do something to undo not undo but you know right move in the right direction and that's all you can do i mean you make a mistake i mean we've seen it in the nfl there was plenty of players who uh who had problems and uh, i mean adrian peterson was probably the highest profile guy who had who had uh some some domestic abuse and uh, he managed to come back and continue his career. And so it's, it's very interesting that, uh, that hockey is not like, no, we're not going to accept him. But NFL is like, well, it's, it's, it's run of the mill stuff here. We suspend him for four games and (laughs) then they're let back in. So I, I think that it's fair to forgive somebody. People do make mistakes and not that, not that it makes them makes everything better, but we, you have to be able to move on. Right. Like if now, if it happens again, yeah, then you're going to have to give him a lifetime ban or something. But I think he could, oh, be, sure. he could come in and I mean, he's probably a top four defenseman. He very well could be. And yeah. some team is going to bite on that. I'm convinced of it. Probably yeah. a smaller market team where they can, af- where the, like, there won't be as much of a, an uproar over it. Sure. Yep. Oh, all right. Anything else you want to add before we uh, get out of here? 
no, just uh, I'm excited. We'll we'll talk uh, in the future about free agency and uh, you know some trades that have happened, so we can we can discuss that maybe on a, on another show. And so just let the listeners know to uh, to keep an ear out for that. Yeah, Marion Hosa joins Chris Pronger with the uh, <laughs> Arizona Coyotes, so that's that's exciting for him. Uh, yeah, and he, Dad Zook. He can yes, they can all retire as Coyotes together and play, and <laughs> they can they can show up to a special rink. On a on a very short bus, oh, um, <laughs> for for the injury. And and by the way, Hosa did say um, he's done. He he is he isn't going to play again, uh, which is it's so strange. You know, it's just w- very weird. Uh, so the last the last game we see them is that uh, game four Predators and Blackhawks, and that's the end of his career. So a good one it was. I I think that he's probably a Hall of Famer. We can talk about that uh, later, but. Uh, he definitely could fit the bill in that. But uh, yes, with that thought, we will talk to you very soon at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter if you want to uh, tell us that we're nuts or agree with us, whatever you prefer. And uh, look for an episode this weekend as we continue our breakdown of all the teams across the league. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>